It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself. In a Christian worldview. Well, welcome to Quantum number 290, the Quantum podcast that looks at news and views from throughout the world. Though occasionally, as per last week, we focus on one country, the great nation of Scotland. And uh, you seem to like it because it's way and above the most listened to podcast I've done, even though it was an hour long. Well, we won't be as long this time, but a little bit of feedback on that, and then we'll get into some of the issues that are going on around the world. Please excuse my voice. I've still got this dreadful cough after having had COVID. Look, I want to begin by playing this song because uh, people were asking about the Scottish bands I didn't play last week. Delamitri, well, there's going to be plenty Delamitri over the next few weeks. Um, But it is true that uh, we missed out this band. Here's a little bit of Big Country. In a big country, we come up screaming. Wow, you may go screaming at some of the stuff today. And look, with uh, the feedback that we got, and there was a lot of it, uh, I won't mention this gentleman's name. Suffice it to say that uh, he's well known, and he said that uh, he thought it was comprehensive and interesting, but he thought I was maybe a wee bit too negative, and he offered some of the counterpoints for that. Uh, that there's a backlash against the trans nonsense combining left-wing feminists and conservatives. Uh, that there was the public response to Kate Forbes, which was uh, very positive overall. And the influx of non-EU immigrants to Scotland, which is a Brexit bonus, bringing Christianity with them. So if Perth Baptist, for example, has a Brazilian pastor with folks from Mexico, Brazil, South Africa and Nigeria. 
So yeah, th- those are positive things, and I wasn't saying there isn't anything positive, but I don't think I was too negative. In fact, that is something that I've continually been accused of, and I actually think in some ways, because we want to be hopeful, we kind of water down the negative, and we try and say, well, it doesn't really, you know, there's this, this, and this. I would say there are many, many good things in Scotland, but the way that it's going uh, it is downhill, and the only thing that can rescue it is Christ. And, you know, that's actually where my hope is. A couple of other things to follow up on. Um, there was an item. I just, I didn't include it, but I should have. Sky News. Wildfires have been reported in Loch Inver, Scotland, following January's hottest ever temperature being recorded in the UK. <sighs> Honestly, when you've got journalists like that and news channels like that, you just realise what trouble we're in. Because the fire had nothing to do with warm temperatures. It was caused by electricity lines being damaged by high winds and it sparked a wildfire, which was quickly put out. All right, before we get into everything, um, I do need to mention King Charles. Uh, I did a programme today for Australian Radio. Um, I'm not King Charles' biggest fan, doesn't matter whether you're a royalist or republican, but to hear that he's got cancer, and we don't know what kind, and we don't need to know what kind, um, I think it's more appropriate than ever that we pray God save the king, and pray that in the midst of his illness he would turn to Christ. Right, so we shall start with some news from Europe, and here are the Wurzels to lead us into it. So this was a massive story, a huge story, which wasn't really covered all that much by the press. The BBC didn't cover it very much. So there have been loads of angry protests from farmers in the Netherlands, in Germany, in France. And as a result, the European Union has been forced to cave in on its net zero drive agricultural policies. So a demand to reduce nitrogen, methane and other emissions linked to farming by almost a third has been removed from the wider Brussels plan to cut greenhouse gases. I mean, it was crazy. A recommendation urging EU citizens to eat less meat was also removed from the plan. I think there were demonstrations as well in Italy and Belgium and Poland and Romania. Spanish farmers on Tuesday joined the movement by blockading blockading major highways with convoys of tractors and burning tyres. And as a result, the... Listen, no farmers, no food. Shelves have been left empty in Brussels. There's a real pushback uh, against this. And part of it comes from this kind of crazy talk. So here is Jojo Mehta, founder of Ecoside Now. 
we have a kind of cultural, very ingrained habit of not taking damage to nature as seriously as we take damage to people and property. Um, and that, I mean, you know, if you're campaigning for human rights, at least you know mass murder, torture, all of these things are serious crimes. But there's no equivalent in the environmental space. Um, and so, and, and you know, unlike a an international crime like genocide that in, involves a specific intent. With ecocide, what we see is actually what people are trying to do, what businesses are trying to do, is make money, is, you know, is farm, is fish, is do all of these things that are um, you know, producing energy and so on um, as well. But what's, it, what's missing is the awareness and the conscience around the side effects, around the collateral damage that happens with that. Ecocide. What is ecocide? Damage to nature. Yeah, I'd really want to see that one. I, what about the damage that's been done to the environment through wind farms? Can people be charged with that crime? You've got to be really, really careful about all of this. Okay, uh, let's do some politics. Let's go to the United States. And this is profoundly disturbing. Listen to this. Right after I was elected, I went to a, what they call a G7 meeting, all the NATO leaders. I was, in, I was in the south of England, and I sat down and I said, America's back. And Mitterrand from Germany, I mean from France, looked at me and said, uh, said, you know, why, why how, how long are you back for? <laughs> and I looked at him, and the, and the Chancellor of Germany said, what would you say, Mr. President? Up the now, that is President Joe Biden, who unbelievably, and I, I still can't imagine that he won't withdraw, be compelled to withdraw, because he doesn't have the intellectual capacity anymore. I mean, he's, there's no way he's running the U.S. government. He cites there President Mitterrand of Germany, corrects to France, goes back to Germany, and he was talking to him since he became president. Mitterrand died 30 years ago. I mean, how have we ended up this situation where the leader of the most powerful country in the free world, and supposed to be the leader of the free world, is so incompetent? Meanwhile, as we watch the US elections as well, this has got to be so embarrassing for Nikki Haley. In Nevada, where Donald Trump was not on the ballot paper, she lost to none of the above. Wow. And then there was a historic moment this uh, week. Here's Michelle O'Neill. I am honoured to stand here as First Minister, and this is an historic day, and it does represent a new dawn. For the very first time, a nationalist takes up the position of First Minister. That such a day would ever come was unimaginable to my parents' and grandparents' generation. Now, I am a Republican. I will serve everyone equally and be a First Minister for all. To all of you who are British and Unionist, your national identity, your cultures, your traditions are important to me. I will be both inclusive and respectful to you all. But let's walk this two-way street together. Let's meet one another halfway. I will be doing so with an open hand and also with heart. My eyes are firmly fixed on the future. Looking towards that future where we unify people and society. It's my dream that our children and grandchildren will achieve beyond all of our wildest dreams and all of our wildest ambitions. I believe in our young people. They can change our society. Indeed, they can change the world. If 
we only give them the chance. Now, those are fine words. It is significant that she's the first nationalist, Sinn Féin. Fine words about unifying people in society. Uh, I doubt that will happen. I trust her as much as I'd trust Nicola Sturgeon, but I may be wrong. But when you start using words, fine words, but words that mean nothing without any positive policies, belief in our young people, they can change the world. Mm -mm. Freedom for every child. Well, not for the unborn, because their policy is to support abortion. Meanwhile, Ireland, the Republic of Ireland, has been made extremely wealthy by uh, being in the EU and being used by the big corporations as their headquarters. And there are all kinds of problems in Ireland as well with housing and uh, immigration. But the EU, it's this an, an extraordinary report in data collected by the journal, Noteworthy and other European media partners, 25%, one quarter of sitting members of the European Parliament have been involved in some type of misbehaviour or public outrage on a national or international level. 23 of them, 3% have been convicted by a court. You think of the Greek MEP Eva Kali and four others arrested after they were suspected of receiving bribes from Qatar and Morocco. Uh, around 720,000 euros was found in a suitcase stuffed with 50 euro notes along with bottles and nappies for Kali's 21-month-old daughter. Bullying and sexual harassment is a notorious problem in Brussels. There are 46 cases relating to 37 lawmakers that made the headlines for alleged indecent behaviour. They also found 45 corruption cases and 44 events relating to fraud and theft. This despite the fact that the high wages and additional allowances of the MEPs earn, they earn some 8,000 euros per month post-tax and can claim another 5,000 euros in general expenditures. Wow. It's extraordinary. And then there's another extraordinary story that kind of skipped my notice until, where did I read it? Um, it may have been, no, it was un, unheard and the Financial Times. The Russian economy is growing faster in 2024 than any of its Western counterparts, having outperformed all of them in 2023. Iran's exports of crude oil had grown by roughly 50% to 1.29 million barrels per day. So Iran and Russia are doing really well out of the mess in the West, particularly over net zero. And these countries together, India, Russia, China and others, South Africa, they are going to pose a real threat to the West's dominance in the economy. And that itself is going to be a problem. Okay, and we go to South, uh, to, sorry, Central America, to El Salvador. Uh, here is Naib Bukele. Y yo les digo a los periodistas que nos acompañan esta noche, en total libertad, en total seguridad, aquí en el país más seguro de todo el hemisferio occidental. No me crean a mí, yo solo soy un político, solo soy un funcionario. Créanle al pueblo salvadoreño que estamos a punto de ganar la guerra contra las pandillas. 
It's a man who actually calls himself the world's coolest dictator. He's just been re-elected with a phenomenal majority, and it seems to be genuine. And one of the reasons why is he's had a sweeping crackdown on gang violence, which has gone down uh, really, really well with the voters. As I say, we, we live in interesting times. Okay, I've been going through my top 100 songs uh, last year. I listened to on Spotify. Uh, number 79. There has to be some Led Zepp. Hey, hey, mama said the way you move Gonna make you sweat, gonna make you groove a bit of black dog. Uh, want to recommend an article to you when we look at education. James Marriott in the Times has an absolutely superb article that I'm going to interact with some more about posh schools, wealthy schools being progressive. And part of it is this. He says that the website of Eton College, Eton College promises that Eton believes in equal opportunity for everyone, irrespective of gender, ethnicity, age, sexual orientation, belief, disability, or socio-demographic background. The fact that somebody could actually write that, because when people send their children to claim their free first-class education at the socialist paradise by the Thames, just check the fees website. You can't go unless you're really wealthy. Harrow runs an equity, diversity and inclusion group. Malvera offers lessons in implicit bias, stereotype threat, oppression, power structures and racial profiling. These are the people who are the most powerful the most unequal in the United Kingdom and, and from elsewhere. Just, wow. That they actually believe that they are instruments of social justice is both profoundly disturbing and also a revelation that uh, getting an elite education doesn't stop you being stupid. And then something I, I missed out on last week. Well, um... Listen to this gentleman. Welcome, one and all, to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. Now, folks, there is not a lot of suspense in the primaries this year. But there was big news today from the one voting bloc who could sway the 2024 election, federal judges, because <laughs> around 10 a.m. this morning, the D.C. appeals court issued a ruling in Trump's January 6th case rejecting Donald Trump's claim of absolute immunity. 
that Stephen Colbert. I used to watch him. There are parts of him that I thought were very interesting, but he just so much lectures people. And I've been reading An Immigrant's Love Letter to the West by Constantine Kisson, highly recommended. And he says this, What you see on your TV screens, whether Nish Kumar in the UK or Jimmy Kimmel, Stephen Colbert or Trevor Noah in the US, feeding you their political opinions through the medium of unfunny moral lectures is the very pinnacle of human creativity. And if you believe otherwise, you're probably evil and immoral. Whether it's flat-out denial, willful ignorance or a classic case of nothing to see here, folks, the modern left refuses to acknowledge how comedy is being shut down by puritanical scolds who need to lighten up and relax. Well, apart from Constantine's use of, misuse of the word puritanical, I think he's right. I don't listen to much BBC comedy now, for example, because it's so boring. It's always the same self-righteous, virtue-signalling political monologues. Um, speaking of media, there's a journalist here in Australia, Antoinette Latouf, who, as we pointed out before, lost her job with the ABC for tweeting out basically anti-Israeli and I think anti-Semitic uh, tweets. But there was a police report came out last week saying that they'd had an expert and they didn't think that this was saying gas the Jews. Have a listen. They thought it was saying, where are the Jews? Well, I don't really think, A, it makes all that much difference, because I don't think they were... The, the mob that were burning Israeli flags and shouting F the Jews a couple of minutes later were not really inquiring where are the Jews for their to check on their emotional well-being. It's just unbelievable. But I still think it, to me, it just sounds like gas the Jews. Why would they be chanting, where are the Jews? Um, senior BBC employer employee Don Quiva, a BBC scheduler, had shared a string of hateful messages on Facebook, which was too much even for the BBC. Um, she described the Holocaust as a hollow hoax and just bitterly attacking Israel and the Jews. Okay, um, here's something from the police. Uh, this is extraordinary. No, miss, you're not allowed you to are, sing ch you uh, are. Songs, church you songs are. outside of church grounds, by the way. You're not allowed to sing church songs outside, outside of church grounds. Church, uh, church you're not allowed to, that's fine, that's You're not fine. allowed, she just said you're not allowed to sing church songs outside of church. Our church of, outside of church grounds, unless you have a... That was a police officer in the UK saying, you're not allowed to sing church songs out of church grounds. Um, listen, you sing Palestinian songs or Islamic songs, you'll be fine. I was just thinking of the Apostle Paul in prison. Um, <laughs> hey, Paul, you can't sing in prison, we'll send you to prison. You know, wow. The police commissioner, Sir Mark Rowley, defended the police officer. Uh, uh, a Christian journalist called Julian Mann wrote a rather splendid article about him telling a special constable uh, of a special constable who told a, a drag queen she could not sing gay songs on Oxford Street and would be dismissed from the force. Yeah, right. Unbelievable. My number 76 song is this from Simon and Garfunkel. 
In the clearing stands a boxer and a fighter by his trade, and he carries the reminders of every glove that laid him down or cut him till he cried out in his anger and his shame. I am leaving, I am leaving, but the fighter still remains. Beautiful song, worth listening to the whole thing. Um, let's do some sport and a, a football team. I, I don't particularly want to do football today because uh, I, through the wonders of the internet, was able to watch my team Dundee lose to St Mirren just earlier today. But this is my English team. Uh, can you work out who this is? Oh, me lads, you should have seen us gunning Passing the folks along the road just as they were standing all the lads and lasses there All the smiling faces Gathered along the Scotswood Road To see the Bladen Races That's the Bladen Races from, of course, Newcastle. It's the Newcastle song. Well, they, they, there's an extraordinary story here. So we are used to football clubs wearing rainbow laces, taking the knee to Black Knives Matter and so on, pretending that the women's game is exactly the same as the men's and all that kind of stuff. But this is something else. So there's a Newcastle fan called Lindsay Smith. Now, she's a lesbian. She campaigns for gay, bisexual and women's rights. But she argues against the transgender because she doesn't believe that men are women. And she says that. She says trans women are men. Because she did that, she's been banned from attending Newcastle's home games for the next two and a half years for breaching the club's diversity policy. As we have often pointed out, you can't be very diverse if you're not allowing people who say that women are women to come. Uh, now, what's incredible, you need to look at the story as Toby Young has, has put out, and I've put some links to it. Because investigators spent four months compiling an 11-page target profile on Ms. Smith. They followed her. There were photos of her walking her dog, Google images recording where she lives, where she went and at what time. Now here's the thing. Newcastle is owned by Saudi Arabia. How do trans people do in Saudi Arabia? Oh, there's many good things coming out in Newcastle and this is my, uh, I think it's my number 77 song. Or maybe I've got the order all mixed, it doesn't matter though. It's Lady Eleanor from Lindisfarne. We'll have a wee bit of this. Let me 
baby, come along with her to the land of the dancing dead. But it's all right, Lady Eleanor. All right, Lady Eleanor. I'm all right where I am. Then the only other cultural thing I want to mention is this. Remember this? Whistle while you work, Hitler's at work. He's half army, so's his army. Whistle while you. Your name will also go on the list. <laughs> what is it? Don't tell him, Pike. Pike. <laughs> Dad's army. Ian Lavender as Private Pike. Mr. Lavender died. Uh, again, I wonder. I doubt Dad's army could or would be made today. Now, Professor Dame Juliet Gerard is a fellow of the Royal Society and uh, T. Apanji, I think is the Maori thing, an honorary fellow of the Royal Society of Chemistry. And she's been the chief science advisor to the Prime Minister of New Zealand since July 2018. Now, she has advertised, along with two other women, of... Uh, publishing a report on how and doing a conference on how to equip young people to navigate information online to deal with polluted information, misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation. Now, why is that interesting? Because she actually tweeted out before she closed her Twitter account that sex isn't binary, not gender, but sex. Talk about misinformation. Uh, in the UK, the Environment Agency has removed the words mother and father from its staff policies, saying the term should be used primary carer because it needs to be gender neutral. Uh, Stonewall has applauded this and has now included them in their top 100 employers. This is how this stuff happens. A uh, bit of history. I want to think about this. Who invented electricity? Um, guess what? It wasn't invented. It was discovered by humans. The energy form was always there. Now, we tend to think of electricity being discovered by Benjamin Franklin in 1752 because he attached a wire to a kite in a thunderstorm which showed that lightning consists of electricity. But Greek philosopher Thales of Miletus discovered that rubbing amber, fossilized tree sap with animal fur, would attract objects like feathers. And he discovered the, no, the effects of magnetism and static electricity. I love this guy's name, Alessandro Volta, an Italian physicist from 1745 to 1827, discovered the voltatic pile. We get volts from that, of course. Michael Faraday, a Christian, British scientist, made great discoveries in the field of electromagnetism. And, of course, Thomas Edison, Inventing the first practical electric light bulb. So I was thinking about that because this is. This must be my number 76 song. Anyway, it's OMD. Okay, some movers in the dark and electricity.
Okay, there are two other issues I want to have a quick look at. Um, in terms of religion, there's a increasing fuss about churches being conned by immigrants from Muslim countries saying they've converted to Christianity. So the Telegraph reported that 40 of the 300 residents of the Bibi Stocky Barge in Dorset are attending local churches with a view to being accepted into the Christian faith. They'll then claim they can't return to their country, etc. Well, how do you deal with that? I mean, I, I have known immigrants who seem to have been genuinely converted. But I've also known people who played the system. And uh, we do have some notorious examples. The suspected chemical attacker and convicted sex offender, Abdul Edzidi, was a bogus conversion from Islam to Christianity. Um, in ter- his local halal butchers in Newcastle have been testifying what a good Muslim he continued to be. And yet it was a reference from a priest which was crucial in persuading an immigration judge to ignore a Home Office recommendation that he should not be granted leave to remain. Well, that priest has it on his conscience, the harm that has been done to the people he attacked. And then there was the Liverpool bomber, Imad al-Swilmin, who blew up only himself rather than the paternity unit he targets on Remembrance Sunday 2021. A Quran and an Islamic prayer map were found at his flat, and he was supposed to be in a Christian convert. We just have to be wise and discerning. Sometimes there are reasons for people professing faith, which are nothing to do with following Christ. Uh, back to looking at Sikh. Uh, this week we looked at the Bible, um, how we read the Bible, how do we, where do we start? Uh, I point out in the answer to that question that there are around 727,969 words in the Bible, 31,102 verses, 1,189 chapters, and 66 books. So, how do we begin? Well, uh, go and look at the article, go and look at the book. But I think it is really important. We think I was, uh, I argue in terms of uh, memorizing scripture because it really helps you reflect upon it and think it. And certainly reading it every day. All right, our time is done. I'm going to leave you. I, this is the, the wrong way around, I know, but I wanted to play this at the end. My number 80 song was from the Spooky Men's Chorale here in Australia. Uh, they have this beautiful song called Crossing the Bar, which is Tennyson's poem. Um, can I just say thank you to Peter for producing this? Thank you to all of you who've sent me a lot of correspondence this week. Thank you uh, for those who help support this. You've got any information, any ideas, any criticisms, please feel free to let me know. Go to www.theweefly.com or send me an email at theweefly at gmail.com. But I leave you with the spooky men's chorale. Sunset and evening star and one clear call for me. And may there be no moaning of the bar when I put out to sea. I just love the end. For though from out are born of time and place, the flood may bear me far. I hope to see my pilot face to face when I have crossed the bar. I'm aware of people I know who are dying just now who are believers. And they're going to see their pilot face to face. Lord, keep them and protect them as they make that final journey. And may every one of us be prepared for it. God bless you and see you next week. Bye. Sunset and evening star.
receive my 